0: From the Bob Marley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for June 16th, 2010, from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Kathy Whirling, Teresa Eccles, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi back in the Peanut Gallery, Walter Eccles and Max the Intern. In this week's show, Diz Unplugged senior correspondent Dave Parfitt has his report on the launch of the new World of Color show at Disney's California Adventure, including interviews with World of Color creator Steve Davison and World of Color producer Sarah Wiseman. And last is the executive producer for Pixar theme park group Liz Gazzano. Also, Kevin Close will have his review of Shudder's Restaurant at Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort. All that plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. It is good to be back. Uh, I apologize that uh, it's been two weeks since we've been able to do a show, but I was sick as a dog. No, I was on vacation and y'all decided to take one too. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I had no voice. I had no voice for the better part of almost two weeks. I couldn't talk. And a chest an upper respiratory infection and oh it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And I just did not want these guys anywhere near any of it until I knew I was I was no longer
1: And you never get sick. I never That's get sick. Later.
0: Never. Never.
1: And sick as a dog for over a week. So
0: sickest I have been in a very, very, very mm. long time. So I am feeling much better. It's good to see everybody again. Good to be back doing the show. We have a couple things for housekeeping. Uh, first and foremost, I want to uh, let everybody know that uh, we were able to confirm a few weeks ago that our Adventures by Disney trip to California is a go. Um, even though we did not reach the thirty, the, the thirty number, we have eighteen people right a now confirmed
2: on the on the fringes.
0: Uh, this trip is a definite go. We are definitely doing it. We have confirmation from Adventures by Disney. Uh, we are It's a backstage magic tour, July 25th, six days, five nights, and uh, get to do a lot of cool stuff. You can listen to the show we did in early May talking about our April trip. I'm so excited, so, so, so excited.
2: It's going to be a much different trip with half the number of people. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's going to I think it's going to be a lot easier. It's going to be a lot easier on me remembering names. Um everyone
3: No, it's every, not. We're not going to be there.
0: No, okay, I'm no. I'm going to I'm really going to work at it. I'm really going to work at it. Everybody's got to wear a name tag though. So that I can like, you know, see their name in their face. It takes me a little while. I'm bad with that. I'm trying to get better. But.
2: All of all 18 of you are booked and confirmed.
0: We are all set. And oh, Walter, by the way, we added a few nights at the end.
1: Okay, I mean, you said you might, so, so
0: yeah, I forgot to tell you that we had added, I think, what three nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no, that'll be fun. No, I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I fell in love with that trip. Uh, that's such a great trip. If if you think you can make it, twenty two eighty nine. Yes, per adult and thirty
2: two oh five is a single.
0: If you're going as a single, thirty two oh five price for children.
2: I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know off the top of my head only because there are none so far.
0: Yeah, it's all adults so far, but um, it's like $2,080 or something like that. I don't know. Appreciate. Did you hear
2: about Hollywood Boulevard? No. They passed an ordinance that the people cannot pose as, as characters out in front of Grauman's any longer. Aww. Oh, no. it, They're being arrested and carted off to jail and shot. Wow. <laughs> shot. Well,
0: nothing like a little hyperbole to <laughs> bounce know. up the news. No,
2: seriously. They, they have... Um, Outlawed it. It's
3: no longer... Uh, they,
2: they I think that's complained. kind of a shame.
4: Yeah, I agree. I think that's kind of a shame. Even though it was kind of tacky, and but it, it was still part of the experience.
3: However, they have been getting very aggressive. It's
4: like, like aggressive Pretty, yeah.
3: panhandling, so...
2: People have been getting... They've been getting complaints that, um, that people were being rude, that they couldn't take pictures without them getting in their pictures, and once they were in their pictures, then they complained that they weren't getting tipped.
4: Yeah, there's nothing worse than a rude Michael Jackson... You no know. <laughs> Rude Spider-Man.
2: Now, when we were there, there was a person dressed up as Jesus. Oh, yeah. And we were walking back from the Roosevelt Hotel one night, and there's a Swatch store as part of Hollywood and Highland. And the only person, and it's all lit up inside because all the walls are lit up cases, and as we were walking by in the dark, there's Jesus in the Swatch store.
4: <laughs> Jesus <laughs> just gave me the finger because I didn't tip him.
0: Yeah, Really? <laughs> So uh, that's kind of a shame. But anyway, uh, we're going to have a good time on this trip. So if you're interested in joining us, uh, links to it are on the show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. Love to have as many of you uh, as possible who can join us.
2: There's a couple of people out there who have expressed interest.
0: We're just waiting to see. So that number might go up. Let's hope. Let's hope. Um, now, Teresa, I understand we have some prizes to give away.
5: We do. We have two. Our March winner from the randomly drawn email or voicemail is Jennifer, and I'm going to mess up her last name, Galbali. Gabali. She picked number six.
0: Number six for Jennifer. Mm-hmm. You have won a $25 gift certificate good at any Disney store or Disney theme park. Thanks for listening and congratulations.
5: Yay! And our other one was Leslie Sawhook, who did a review for us. She picked number 15.
0: Number 15 for Leslie. You have won a Disney Photopass CD on your next visit to the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando or the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California. You'll be able to have all your photos sent to you on CD through Disney's PhotoPass system. Just obtain a PhotoPass ID card from any Disney photographer in the parks and present it every time a photographer takes your picture. When you get home, you'll be able to view your photos online via DisneyPhotoPass.com and order a CD of all your vacation memories. The approximate retail value of this prize is $125.00. Yours courtesy of dreamsunlimitedtravel.com and the Diz Unplugged. Congratulations.
6: Yay.
0: Remind me, I'll give you the code okay. for that. So congratulations, Leslie. And uh, what was the other young lady's name? Jennifer. Jennifer. Congratulations. See, I'm terrible with names. I just It's like short attention span theater with me. It's crazy. Craziness, I tell you. So uh, what else for housekeeping?
3: I want to thank Aaron, ADP on the boards, for uh, giving us some goodies for this week's show. Thank you, Aaron. I think they're all gone already.
6: They were good.
0: Anything else? Come on, guys. It's been like 600 years since we Hmm. sat together at the table. No? I'm out. No? All right. Well, then we will move on with the news. John?
3: Our first news story is a little bit dated, but we haven't really been... Together for a while, so I wanted to make sure we had a chance to, old news, old news, but (laughs) have a chance to talk about it. We had some Disney-related celebrity passings in the last couple of weeks. Uh, First was well-known media personality, Art Linkletter. Mm -hmm. Died on May 26th at age, May 26th at age 97.
0: I thought he was already dead. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Kevin said.
3: Mr. Linkletter was awarded with the Disney Legends Award in
0: 2005. Which apparently they give out to anybody.
3: For his ties to the Disney Company. He hosted Disneyland's opening day broadcast and returned to the park for Disneyland's 50th anniversary festivities.
6: Always liked him. Yeah, that's cool.
3: He's on that Disney Treasures CD if you get it for the opening of the park.
0: No, he's dead now.
3: Hmm. Uh, our second is Ruma Clanahan. Oh. died on June 3rd of a brain hemorrhage at the age of 76. I
0: loved her to death
3: yeah best known for her role as Blanche Devereaux on the hit TV series the Golden Girls for which she won an Emmy uh, she was inducted into the Disney Legend Hall of Fame in 2009
0: and uh, her apart her co-op in Manhattan selling for like 2.9 million dollars
3: mm-hmm.
0: so you know Betty's a sole survivor yep
4: mm-hmm. the last and the golden oldest girl
0: well it's weird because uh, it was Estelle Getty in 2008 it was B Arthur in 2009 Rue McClanahan in 2010 Ew. so they're dropping but what that that's that really upset I was really sad when I heard that she had died
3: she had some serious health issues and yet she still continued yeah I mean mm-hmm. she was in a uh, was in a play or a TV show where she was actually in a wheelchair for a while so
0: mm. wow
3: and last we have retired Disney Imagineer Bob Jolly Passed away on May 28th at the age of 88. Wow. Charlie first worked as a scenic artist in the movie business, including epic films such as Cleopatra and The Sound of Music. He began his career at the Walt Disney Studios and moved in 1973 to Walt Disney Imagineering. He worked on attractions such as Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at Disneyland and projects at the Disneyland Resort and Disney theme parks around the world. In the early '80s, he was the field art director for the World Showcase pavilions in Epcot.
0: Wow, it's
3: a pretty impressive, uh,
0: oh, a wonderful thing. way to start the show. Sorry, I know <laughs> list of death.
2: But the other thing <laughs> is, dead, they dead, all dead. lived nice, full lives yes, too. Yeah, long lives. They, long lives. Were, they were all up there in age. And there are people mean, who are going to be remembered for good things. Right? But you notice that the, yeah. old,
0: the older you get, the younger that seems? Oh, yeah. You know? He was
3: only 76.
2: I, Rue McClanahan was the youngest one. Artling Otter was 97. This guy was 98. And I'm not 18. suggesting that that makes it any easier. It just is, you know,
3: I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for putting a positive spin on it. Our second story.
0: More dead people. No. Jimmy
3: Dean. Actually, just not as... Not fun. Disney worker admits to stealing resort guests' credit card
0: numbers. Oh, yeah, I read about this.
3: Guests of two Walt Disney World resorts had their credit card numbers stolen and used to buy tens of thousands of dollars worth of goods they did not authorize. Anna Rosa, a former front desk clerk at Saratoga Springs Resort and Spa and Disney's Old Key West Resort, faces prison after reaching a plea bargain agreement in which she admitted to her role in the scheme. Federal prosecutors say the Orange County woman built 178 people, 32 banks, and credit card users, and four vendors out of more than $83,000. Wow. A detective in December found a small device that scans credit card numbers attached to one of the front desk computers at Saratoga Springs. Rosa, 40, admitted putting it there in November, according to her plea bargain agreement. A search of Rose's home in January yielded scanning devices, computer equipment, and a notebook with social security numbers written in it. Found under Rose's mattress was a printout with 77 credit card numbers from 25 card users. Oh, my Lord. She told investigators that a friend introduced her to a man at an auto repair shop who gave her a scanning device and $400 to buy more of them. He told her where to put the devices on her work computer at Saratoga Springs. She said she put at least three on her work computers.
6: But she only got $500 a month. I mean, that was a part of the story I thought was a little... She was stealing all this to give to the man, and she only made $500 a month. Dang.
4: And she put stuff under her mattress? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So she's the one
0: going (laughs) to jail.
6: Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It sounds
4: like she
3: knew she did something wrong.
6: Oh, yeah. put stuff under her
0: mattress.
2: (laughs) Did you hear the um, news story about the woman from Royal Caribbean? Yeah. That... Yeah, when the, the minute people would leave their houses.
0: She was a vacation planner for Royal Caribbean, so she knew when people were traveling, right. and she was targeting people in Palm Beach County, which is a very wealthy county here in, in Florida.
2: As soon as they would leave to go on their cruise, she would have people go in and clean out their house.
0: Yep.
6: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was her yeah.
3: boyfriend, actually. Um, one of the things that was in the local news is that this, this fake scanning device thing is not an uncommon scan, scam. And what they say is if you go to an ATM... You should check the card scanner. A gas station too. Yeah, gas mm-hmm. stations. They're putting these fake card scanners on gas stations. When you swipe, they get your credit card information. So you should check and make sure it's. Did of- this
2: happen a couple of years ago with a woman who was a waitress in a Disney restaurant who kept a scanner in her pocket? I don't know if
3: it was a Disney restaurant or a local Orlando restaurant. Maybe that's
2: what it was. I the minute
3: they announced it on the news, Disney area waitress. You know, it's always the big thing as soon yeah. as they add the word Disney into to it. it. right? And this is just, you know, super important to be careful. Always check your credit card statements. Make sure there's nothing phony on there from your trip. Yep. And report it right away.
0: People don't do it. You're going to get caught. Eventually, right. you're going to get caught. Right. How stupid can you be?
3: Well, I think what happens, too, is people get greedy, and they say they get away with it for a little while. Let me try more. Let me try more. I mean, she apparently did this at two resorts, you know? And our third story, just as happy as the first two, ex-Disney employee and boyfriend charged with insider trading. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and the FBI charged a former Walt Disney Company employee and her boyfriend on allegations of insider trading. Bonnie Hoxie, 33, a former executive assistant to high-level Disney executives, and another accomplice, Yanni Sebag, were arrested this week on charges of conspiracy and wire fraud. Hoaxie and her boyfriend allegedly sent anonymous letters to Wall Street traders Anonymous. Anonymous. and other fund managers offering to sell insider information about Disney, specifically the company's earning prior to their press release. The defendant sent more than 20 letters in March to hedge funds with non-public information related to the company's fiscal second quarter earnings for a fee. Again,
0: stupidity on a level that defies logic.
3: I'm going to send you a letter that can be tracked back to me.
0: And you know, and, and none of them took it, from what I understand.
3: According to the SEC, they offered the information for $15,000 in one instance and in another tried to gain half of the expected training profits. Some hedge funds, upon receiving the information, alerted the SEC. Yeah. Good for them. The people who do this can't be very bright. I
2: just, they just can't be. I mean, I'm sure she put her return address on there, some way had to contact her.
3: Well, the boyfriend emailed the agent, the FBI agent who set up the, the investigation, a 107-page email Whoa. with confidential company it information sure including talking points for executives on quarterly conference calls. So, come on, how stupid can you be? Yeah, really. Yeah. According to the New York Daily News, Hoaxie wanted to buy a seven hundred dollars Stella McCartney purse with the money she earned from selling Disney secrets. Oh, <laughs> it's good to have big dreams. dreams. Yeah, <laughs> really. <Her> dreams. Dreams. <laughs> <A> dream <sighs> big. So it's all about deaths and stealing this week.
6: Oh, do you want to talk about the nine-year-old kid that they found out for the bus crash? That- I kind of avoided that one, and
3: I avoided the other one too. Okay. I just thought it was too depressing this week.
0: Well, you're on a roll. <laughs> Am I? Yeah, really. What happened with the kid?
6: That they found that it was his, the, on April 1st when the, the bus hit the kid, they found from the investigation that it was the kid's bike at fault. The front tire was flat and the back tire was underinflated or something. The back so, tire
1: was completely flat and the front yeah. one was pretty low.
3: So the Disney bus driver is not being charged. Yeah.
1: So it made it unstable, so that's why he accidentally went in front of the bus. So it was an accident. It was, it just, was a just a plane accident. accident. There was Absolutely. no negligence.
0: No. Which is good to know. Which is good to know. I think it's important that we point that out because we have talked quite a bit about the accidents at Disney and I think uh, making sure that, you know, in cases where it was in fact an accident, we have to make sure we say that. Right. But, uh, you know, there's another thing in the news.
3: They suicide? No. I no. Oh, didn't hear about this.
0: No, I heard about the suicide. No, I I, I was in the Orlando Sentinel. And I was on. Oh the- yeah, there
7: was <laughs> a the news.
0: <laughs> I was on the news last night. It's not depressing, the depressing news for John. i so. um, I guess because I'm the only person in existence willing to say that the hype on Harry Potter might be a little, a little hyperbolic.
3: <laughs> we, on our local news, uh, Pete was interviewed as part of a story. A UCF professor uh, made a statement, and they released a report that said they believe that Harry Potter. Will have the same economic impact on Central Florida that the opening of the Magic Kingdom
0: did. So you can imagine ridiculous. my you can <laughs> you can imagine my response when the reporter called me potentially because I hadn't heard I hadn't heard about that report until she called me and I, I think I actually laughed out loud. Um, that uh, that's absurd. That's just absurd. Uh, you know, look, whatever Harry Potter, uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter is or isn't. Uh, to suggest that it's going to have the impact on Orlando that it had, that the Magic Kingdom had. The Magic Kingdom spawned three additional theme parks, 19 resorts. It's a 47 square mile resort, for God's sakes. Uh, to think that the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is going to have that impact? Uh,
3: the Magic on. Kingdom, in all essence, changed Central Florida.
0: Completely. Forever.
3: Forever. In a way that will.
0: Largest single-site employer in the in the right. United States, 60,000, 55,000, well, there was right. 55,000 people, what it is now. Created
3: know? infrastructure, created jobs beyond the theme parks. Yeah, we're we're talking about something that is definitely going to bring in tourists, going to bring in more tourists to the area, going to
0: create more revenue. This is my overall complaint right now with the entire Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Everyone has drank the Kool-Aid. They have drank the Kool-Aid, and... That They're passing that Kool-Aid around this town like I have never seen mm-hmm. before. Folks, let me put it to you straight. visiting World of Harry Potter is cool. It is not what they've been hyping it up to be. Not even close. Okay, If you're coming down here expecting a religious experience, unless you are disturbed, a Harry Potter fanatic, or you really like big crowds in small enclosed spaces with a lot of heat, if you fall into those categories, this will be a religious experience for you. If you don't, measure your expectations. You know, universal marketing would have you believe that they have opened up a new country, themed around the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. All this theme park, theme park, theme park talk. It's not. It's barely a land in Islands of Adventure. And part it's smaller. of smaller, right? It's smaller. It's yeah, exactly. It's part of an island. You know, they 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 took part of Lost Continent basically, and turned it into Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Not even all of Lost Continent. So it's just this this the hype and the, you know, I don't know this professor. I did not read the report. I was going off what the reporter had told me. I said I got this phone call. I mean, Kevin called me that the email had come in at seven o'clock. I called this woman at seven fifteen. She's literally at my front door at like ten after eight. Oh, geez. So. I did not, you know, I really didn't have any time to look. I mean, she just told me what the report had said in a a nutshell, that it could potentially have the kind of economic impact the Magic Kingdom did. And I'm like, okay, what the heck? This is coming from a professor at UCF? Really?
2: Uh, We have neighbors uh, in central Florida who were born and raised here. And I was talking to one of them just the other day, and she was telling me that the main road through central Florida East to west is highway 192. I mean there's I4 but 192 runs pretty close it, it runs from Disney to the east coast and she was telling me that just before Disney opened in 1970 that 192 wasn't paved for a lot of the a lot of the places. Oh really? Right. So a lot of the things in central Florida a were not only not here but I mean were developed because
0: of Disney.
2: And I don't I just don't see no look, matter how many Harry Potter fans there are, I don't see it look, having... That can
0: definitely, it's definitely going to have a short-term economic uh, impact on us in a positive way. Uh,
2: well, they said Expedition Everest did the same thing.
0: Right. This will definitely, I think, definitely be more than Expedition Everest uh, did. It's the kind of hype around Everest and the kind of hype around Wizarding World of Harry Potter. can't compare it. Uh, the the problem is is that they have gone so overboard from a marketing perspective of hyping this that when you get there it's kind of like wait a second what i mean look the theming as i said in the universal show i'm not going to go through it again but you know the theming really I, I don't think you'll find a better themed area in any theme park in the world let alone orlando yeah i was blown away by the theming. Uh, the theming's amazing and the area is beautiful and it has rich potential Operationally, they have fallen asleep on the job. And there are big concerns I have about how they're going to manage the crowds that they're going to get, because I don't think they can. And I have big concerns about their flagship attraction, the Forbidden Journey, which is, in fact, a forbidden journey for about 20% of the population. I'm 5'10", 230. I can't fit. I'm not allowed to ride this ride because of my size. So if I can't get on it, there's a lot of people that can't get on it. So you know, calling it Forbidden Journey, really good choice of words.
2: I'm six foot five, and just and just by that, I'm out of it.
0: You're out of it, yeah, because if you're over six three, you can't ride it either. Under uh, what is it, forty eight inches, four feet, taller than six three, I believe it is. And there's no particular weight limit; it's a dimension thing, body you have, type, Your body type.
2: Now they did say on that news. Uh Last that they did last night on you, that Universal has come up with a way of um, crowd control. The parks are going to open at nine.
3: Harry Potter is not going to open until ten thirty. They are this is what, this is what they okay. said at the end of that. It was almost like they had gone and spoke to somebody because they said a Universal spokesperson yeah. has said that um, they do have a plan for crowd control. That that's the
4: solution. So a double rope
0: drop. <laughs> let really
1: let, right, let an them really pile up for an hour and a half. Let them back up and then there'll be a riot hour. into that.
3: Into that
0: yeah, I, I just look, you know. I'm sorry. Operationally, I don't think they're up to this. Do you I think, don't.
3: Do you think this is going to expand? Do you think they've left room for
0: expansion? Well, I hope so. You know, we, as we said and in the into, universe, like, what, Windemere. As no, we, no, no, as the we, yeah, of... there is room for expansion. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. It should have been. They should have just done the entire area where the Lost Continent is. They 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 put it in this small area and they left the eighth voyage of Sinbad, mm-hmm. the worst <laughs> theme park show in existence. It's really bad. <laughs> they left it. And it's like, why? Why? I mean, okay, maybe because, you know, you only had so much money to spend. And so I, I get that, and hopefully that, you know, within 20 minutes of them opening this park, they're going to start building on add-ons. And knocking on some of those carnival games. Yeah, there's a lot there. I mean, look, Lost Continent has an awful lot that can go. Um, but we talked about this in the Universal Show. If you're interested in it, go listen to the Universal Show. We are going to have an update next week after the grand opening, which happens this Friday. Uh, <coughs> Corey and I are invited to the VIP event still? Uh, Thursday night. Well, still on as mind? far as I know, I'm still invited. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so you know we'll um, we'll have more re- we'll, we'll report on it more next week. But.
3: I gave Corey um, a CD of the TV show of the news. Hopefully, he can be able to pull out that section for our listeners. We got a lot of people posted on the boards; they would like to see your
0: interview.
6: Yeah, it was very frustrating because I live. Very close to Orlando, and I don't get those stations. So. Oh, oh, you be- don't get it. Yeah.
0: Well, that's because she, she only has, uh, she has, cable. Rab- she has rabbit ears.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you can have Katie hold the antenna
2: yeah. Yeah, in the right position. If you lived in a town with a name. Buy
0: an extra roll
4: cable. of aluminum foil. Yeah. I need
6: something.
0: So, All right. Well, that will do it for the news this week. We are going to move on and... Let's just talk about the weather really quick. It's <gasps> really freaking hot here. Yeah, it is. Okay? It's like someone left the oven door open.
2: They're actually now starting to announce heat, re- um, heat warnings hmm. that if you're outside for a certain amount of time, you have to drink X number of ounces of liquid to compensate for it because people are um, becoming down with heat exhaustion and heat stroke hmm. very quickly.
1: Yesterday was a record.
0: Yeah, it's if you're coming. If you, I, I know it's supposed to get a little bit better, like the next few days.
6: Yeah, like to ninety two instead of ninety seven. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, we're looking at uh, we're looking at temperatures uh, in the nineties, just and scattered thunderstorms. Scattered thunderstorms.
3: The other but, thing is, this heat produces some of the worst midday storms you're going to. Oh, find. we had a
0: nasty one yesterday.
3: So you got to be real careful of that as well if you're outside. A lot of lightning, a lot of thunder. So, if you're out and you hear
2: thunder, you really need to take cover. You really need to get inside.
0: You will get struck by lightning. You will be killed.
2: Hmm. So. And then we will talk about the news. <laughs> All
3: right,
0: we're going to move on to rapid fire. I'm going to go first, actually. Um, I, uh, you know, Teresa has talked on the show about uh, Grub Taxi, the service in Orlando that will go to restaurants, and you can order from these various restaurants, and they'll deliver it to your home. And I was always upset that Grub Taxi didn't deliver in my area. Well, I found this new service called uh, doorstepdelivery.net. Yes, doorstepdelivery.net. And you go to their website, you enter in your zip code, and it comes up with a list of restaurants that you can order from in your area. And I confirm with them that they do deliver to the Disney hotels and the Universal hotels.
1: That's awesome.
0: So... You can. Uh, I don't. I, I'll. I'll find the. Uh, I'll find the zip code. The proper zip code for the uh, theme parks, and put it up on the show notes page. But uh, it's it's an option if you want something different. And uh, you know there is a delivery charge that ranges anywhere from six to twelve dollars, depending on where you're located. But. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I use their service. They had it. They have the food here in less than an hour.
3: Do they list specific restaurants? Specific
0: restaurants. When you enter in, when you go to their website, you enter in your zip code, and then it tells you what restaurants you can order from.
5: And all the menus are right there. The menus are right yeah.
0: there. And uh, I
3: live in St. Cloud. You know, it's going to be like Joe's hot dog stand. Or yeah, something they're like not coming to St. Cloud. Uh,
0: now, uh, I just pulled it up uh, there uh, for for certain. You know, depending on what zip code you're in. There's like a $12.50 minimum order and a $3.99 delivery fee. There's a $30 minimum order and a $6 delivery fee or a $50 minimum order and a $7 delivery fee, depending on where you are. Um, but so that's, you know.
6: That's great, though, because if you don't have a car or you're not familiar with the area, if they just bring it to you.
0: Do
3: you find that when you, if you do it like this, you go crazy and order way too much food?
4: Uh, yeah. We're going to reach $30.
3: <laughs> well, it's also, we order from a local restaurant where we can go pick up, and we call it in. And it's like everything looks really good on the men- menu. And then when you get it home, you get these two shopping bags full of food.
0: And, but I got to tell you, I've, you, know it's been really nice. I'm in the mood for a nice filet mignon dinner or something. And they get it here, and it's piping hot when they get it here. Wow. It's like, uh, really, I was very, very impressed. because they drive with the windows down. <laughs> the zip
2: code for Disney is 32830.
0: What restaurant? Okay, did you I, order just to pull, I, from? I just pulled. Well, I just I just pulled them up. Um, some of the restaurants that are available: uh, Chili's, Hula Hands, TGI Fridays, The Poor House, Hooters, uh, Uno, uh, Bogards, uh, DP Bento Cafe, uh, Viet Thai Cafe, Yummy Buffet. This Chinese, uh, Fruits, Firehouse Subs. Uh, I'm looking for anything I recognize. Um, Firehouse, yeah, Carmela's, Red Brick Pizza, um, Mo Southwest Grill, um, Grubtax. Taxi
5: will deliver ice cream too. From Sizzler, oh, really? <laughs> to the odd.
0: Uh, Cattleman's Steakhouse. Um,
3: How do they deliver stuff from a buffet?
0: They I, fill up a box. I, I don't, don't know.
3: Well, buffets will sell you food by the pound or by the weight. Yeah. I don't know how you tell them what you want. I'd like two ounces.
0: why you load up with ribs and take the bones off. But, like, you know, you can order, you know, and then you, you, know, you they, they show you the full menu. They show the full menu of everything that's there, the burger. Like, I'm looking at uh, chilies right now, the appetizers, all that stuff. It's really, it's a great service. Doorstep, doorstepdelivery.net. We'll have a link to it on the show notes page. Um, and also, Kevin
3: mentioned the zip code for Florida's for uh, Disney area is 32830. Right. So if you're playing with it on their site, you can see what Exactly
0: what's there. And, uh, you know, we, we do not have a, a, a relationship with them at all. Uh, they're not an advertiser or anything like that. I just happen to notice them. I've used them three, three, three or four times now. Um, they're really professional, on time, good food. Delivered right to my door. It's a shut in's dream. Um, <laughs> no, a
5: recluse. It's a great business model. It
0: is, it's wonderful. So if you, you know, ever thought about doing something like that, this is a great option. All right. Who wants to go next?
3: I'll go next. My rapid fire is Disney Cruise Line announced kids sail free on some Mediterranean cruises. Mexican Riviera cruises.
0: Mexican Riviera. We gotta cross that up.
3: Mexican Riviera cruises. I had it typed wrong. Uh, for travel between January 23rd, 2011 and March 20th, 2011, you have to book by July 31st, 2010. Children ages 17 and under traveling with two full fare guests in the same stateroom will sail free. Um, these are valid for category staterooms 4 through 11 only, and taxes, fees, and port charges do not apply. So, that's one of the things that gets people tripped up, is that they'll say, well, why am I paying a couple hundred bucks mm-hmm. for the kid if it's supposed to be free? Those are your taxes. Also, on to attack on to
2: that, if you're interested in this promotion, the lesser-priced staterooms are selling
3: quick. I was going to say, this is something you're going to have to jump on quick. The the lower uh, category staterooms are going fast, mm-hmm. and the upper ones are now in guarantee status, and a couple of sale dates are showing up as not available anymore. Uh, President's Week and... Um, is March 23rd, the week of March 23rd, um, March kind. 20th is coming up as that. So, yeah, the more popular spring break weeks are selling out quickly, so act on that. But they're great prices, and it's a great opportunity if you can take advantage
0: of it. And where does the Mexican Riviera go?
3: Mexican Riviera.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Puerto Vallarta.
0: Mazatlan. Cabo Cal- San Lucas. San Lucas. And Cabo.
4: Leaving out L.A.
0: Awesome. Thank you, John. You're welcome. Kevin Close.
2: Uh, mine is about uh, next, a week from this Saturday, June 26th. There will be a Diz Meet at the Tambu Lounge in the Poly, in the Polynesian. It's starting at 2 o'clock and we'll run until people stop coming. And uh everyone's invited if you're in the area. I would like to thank, I'm sure she won't be able to hear it now because I believe she's on her way, but I would like to thank Katie. She is wish spirit on the boards. She's actually the one who initiated all this. And we have a lot of people coming from all over the country, but we also have a lot of people coming from outside the country. I know we have people coming from uh, the UK. I know we have people coming from Israel. So... It's looking to be kind of a big event. I appreciate that they didn't do it in a park. I do, too. It's a little mm. easier to get well, to in the park. they spotlight. kind of asked me what park we would go to, and I told them none.
0: Really. <laughs> not a, not, not, not <laughs> in this weather. No. There's actually
6: good. one this Thursday, but it is in the it park. It is. It's a,
2: there's a one Thursday afternoon. It's a Dole Whip meet at the Dole Whip place in the Magic Kingdom. I apologize. I can't remember what uh, time uh, that uh, is. T- it's at 6. 6 yeah. o'clock. Yeah. If you want to stay cool, come to the one on Saturday. <laughs> Inside, it's air conditioned, so I hope everybody who's um, able to come can come.
4: Cool.
0: Thank you, Kevin. Corey Patrick.
4: Uh, we have the dates for Halloween Horror Nights 2010 on the site. Uh, select dates September 24th through October 31st. I'm not going to read them all because I'm going to sound like I'm reading lottery numbers. But the um, you can buy tickets right now. They're only selling the general admission tickets. But if you wait, you'll you'll find some discounts. Um, As as we get closer, but if you really want to go October 31st, you might just want to get your ticket now, but they're going to start offering like um, usually at Wendy's. They have discounts for Florida residents and locals or with Coke and they do a bunch of
0: stuff. So we had that on the site and really, and truly uh, for Halloween Horror Nights, uh, this is one of those occasions where you really should invest in the express pass.
1: If you're not, you're going to see like one, uh, like maybe two
0: houses. Because the, the lines for these haunted houses, and there's a good reason why the lines get long. They're I mean, very They're good. really well
1: done.
6: Well, when happen? we were over there for the VIP tour, he was saying that this year was going to be bigger and better because it's the tenth here. There was mm-hmm. some reason.
1: No, no, no. no because we already had this thing. Thing.
6: Yeah. Okay, well, there was some big thing that they're celebrating this year yeah, I don't that it's what supposed it was, to be bigger and better than it might actually be. Harry, actually Pot- be Harry Potter
0: is open and people are actually coming to the park?
6: I'm <laughs> not going to talk about that one.
5: Does it have a theme yet, Corey?
0: The theme hasn't been announced yet.
4: Yeah.
6: Scary clown.
4: Oh, <laughs> Isn't no. that the theme every year? No. <laughs> That's enough for me.
0: <laughs> cool. Redundant. Well, thank you, Corey. Teresa.
5: SeaWorld After Dark.
0: After She's Dark. She's got to tra- put on her porno voice.
5: Transforms daylight favorites. She's so proud Thanks of herself. She's all smiling. Spectacles. SeaWorld After Dark showcases the park in a whole new light with a nighttime rock and roll extravaganza, a high-energy Shamu show, a hilarious sea lion show, and a mystifying fireworks finale. It's an extravaganza. It is. That's an, in addition to being able to experience all that awesome day and night like Manta up close, animal encounters, and spectacular shows. May 29th, August 15th,
7: 2010. Cool.
3: Some restrictions may apply. Yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Max, is that
2: how she talks to you at home? Oh, God,
7: he's getting hot. He the has
4: microphone. to reach across for the mic. Not
0: really, no.
2: She doesn't use that voice. Max, will you do the dishes? No, it's yelling
8: and.
0: Get- hey! Oh, Dr. Pepper! She sounds like a foghorn. <laughs> Dr. Pepper! Max.
5: Max! I never demand anything of you.
3: I understand that she doesn't call you Max. She just says,
0: boy.
5: <laughs> boy, bring me drink. Actually, I text No, that's him. To me. You. <laughs> that's
0: me. Boy, fetch my lunch.
6: We communicate only in text at home. <laughs> we used to do that at home when I had kids. We used to ICQ to, from upstairs to downstairs. I'd ICQ them and say dinner was ready, and they'd come down the stairs.
0: Okay, that's the it's the end it's the end of American society as we well, know when
3: it. She's in Africa, She used to use drums to talk to her kids.
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you can laugh out loud,
6: Kevin. It's okay.
0: <laughs> Kathy Whirling.
6: Okay, the dip site. Outside of Indiana Jones, epic stunt spectacular has closed, and it's going to reopen as the Oasis Canteen for anybody that had a you know a hankering to go there. The dip site? Yeah, it's called the dip site. The dig site? Well, it's a
5: dip That's site. That's at Animal it's, Kingdom. It's no, it's, it's dig site.
6: It's no,
4: no. the dig site is at uh it's at Animal Kingdom, right? Are you
6: sure? Look it up. But there's like I, there was like ice cream place like right. Oh, is it an ice cream place?
5: Yeah.
0: I thought that was like Gertie's something or other.
5: No, it's...
6: I can say it, I guess
5: I'm going to have to take a road trip. I don't recall the dip site.
6: Okay, but anyway, it's going to (laughs) reopen. It's closed now, so you're not going to find it. But it's going to reopen on July 2nd as the Oasis Canteen, and it's going to sell funnel cakes with powdered sugar or cinnamon, strawberries, and soft-serve ice cream. So... Mm -hmm. If you're looking for a funnel Talk cake. Talk
3: about a
4: culinary experience.
6: Hey,
2: looky here. Who's right?
4: It was a Dick site. It's the Dick oh, site.
2: Really? Well,
3: good for you. This is going up against Harry Potter. Yeah. Disney's answer to <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> we're opening, a we're funnel cake We're science. opening up a new
2: theme park. <laughs> <laughs> When's it clo- is it closed the
5: now? funnel cake theme park. Now. Gosh, I was just over I there. I would go to
3: that. I would go there.
0: You would go to a funnel cake. I would. Cake.
5: Oh, I heard something,
2: too. I understand. I Maybe we haven't talked about it. I understand that the, um, speaking of stuff closing, this is really apropos. Uh, they're closing the glass and porcelain shop in Germany, in Epcot, and it's going to be a caramel, oh, yeah. Sh- yeah, I caramel heard that. spot. They're going to sell caramel corn and caramel-covered strawberries and caramel-covered marshmallows. Damn them. And it's going to be sponsored by Werther's mm-hmm. Candies. Damn.
0: You mean they're
3: closing that very lucrative crystal shop? No, the glass and porcelain shop. Oh, the glass and porcelain shop, yeah. The crystal shop is still going to be open. Oh, thank God.
5: Are they going to make the caramel right there, I bet? I hope.
2: Cool. I read this in the, uh, in, on the internet. I don't know. Yeah. Yes, it's going to be, ho- be
6: made there. I think we need to take a road trip there, too. It's not open.
0: It's going to be made of lost children. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, it's imported caramel. Cool.
0: Imported from Oviedo. <laughs>
1: All right. Thank you, Kathy. Walter David. <clears throat> Pirate fun for less. The Pirate League at Magic Kingdom transforms guests of all ages into swashbuckling members of Captain Jack's... I love how
0: everybody reads the damn press release for their uh, <laughs> rapid fire.
1: This immersive pirate-themed experience is now available at a reduced price. Because that's so in keeping with the
0: <laughs> theme of our show is to just basically be a mouthpiece for someone's
1: marketing department.
3: You know, I didn't because I got mine wrong. And at I a got reduced got rate
1: of 29
5: Ooh.
0: So much for taking the effort to rewrite something. <laughs>
5: So they marked it down?
0: It's discounted now, yes.
5: Max needs to go be a pirate. He hadn't done that yet.
0: Yeah, for a minute there, I thought we were on a different show. Because God knows there's plenty of those out there. (laughs) Really, and that's what they they just ought to do. They're just like, we're the Disney press release podcast. I'm not mentioning any names, but I'm just saying it. But thank you, Walter. (laughs) All right, that is going to do it for Rapid Fire for this week. We're going to move on to our first segment. Uh, Dave Parfit. And, uh, Tom Bell and I think a few of our other, uh, Disneyland correspondents had a chance to attend the world, uh, the world of color, uh, grand premiere last week over at Disney's California Adventure out in California. And this has been a, um, this has been highly anticipated. This is like their nighttime extravaganza, <laughs> quote one of Teresa's words, um, and, uh, it, from what I understand, it, it, it's really, I mean, it's getting rave reviews. People are really... It was awesome. I watched the live feed that night. It was something else. It looks pretty amazing. So uh, Dave Parfitt was on the blue carpet as special VIP celebrities came in to, to watch, and uh, he managed to tackle more than a few of them <laughs> <laughs> for interviews.
2: Yeah, that I would have paid to say.
0: Dave tackling people. All right, so uh, here is uh, Dave's segment from the world of color. Okay, we really could do it without the music, Dave. Yeah.
8: Greetings, everyone. This is David Parfit, Senior Correspondent for the Diz Unplugged, and I'm checking in live from Disney's California Adventure. We're here for the World of Color premiere. I have Tom Bell here. Tom, you want to say hello? Hello. We're on the blue carpet for the blue carpet premiere. We're going to have celebrities walking down the carpet, and I'll check in later. This is David Parfit, and I'm here with Richard Sherman. Welcome to the World of Color premiere, Richard. Well, it's great to be here, David. It's great to meet you in person. It's I know great to meet you we in talked person. on the telephone quite a bit. That's right. That's never, right. Never, never uh, one on one. You know, mano right. a mano. It's truly a pleasure to get a chance to meet you. In person. Well, I'm glad to be here and talking about the wonderful world of color. I know 40 years ago, Bob and I, uh, we wrote the theme song for the, the, the first television s- uh, series of broadcasts that Walt did, and uh, for 12 years, that was the theme of the show. Never did I ever dream they'd make an incredible show out of this thing. Have you seen it yet? I, I have not seen it Nobody, yet. I mean, it's really, tonight's the night, you'll see it. Yeah. I'm thrilled to see it. I've seen little samples. Have you? But I've not seen the whole thing, and I'm just dying to. I bet. I yeah. bet. Well, thank you for so many years of music. Well, thank you very it's great to see it's you great to meet you take after, care in person look can we get a couple words sure color? yeah what you, you think about it well i you know coming here to, to disneyland i heard a little bit about Heard it was awesome i didn't really have any idea i saw some glimpses of it on tv backstage and it already blew my expectations out of the water and i know being here in person and seeing it and living it is going to even kind of blow them further out of the water because disney just knows how to do it you know so that's great thank yeah. you very much you That was Cameron Matheson, soap star, and dancing with the stars, celebrity dancer, just chatting about World of Color with us. Sarah, can I get a second? So what do you think of the World of Color? Have you seen it yet?
9: No, I haven't. It's happening tonight at 845, and I'm very, very excited. Are you? What are you excited for? Uh, Just just to see how it looks. I mean, they've been working on it for so long, and uh, I mean, I love stuff like that, so it's going to be really fun. Great. Have a fun time. Thank you very much.
8: Tom Sags, congratulations on the World of Color. What do you think about the new production? You know, we're really excited. I, and we're excited because it is the quintessential Disney attraction. It's got our favorite stories and characters, music that everyone loves. But it's pulled them all together in a whole new way. And I think it's going to be something that, unlike anything people have seen before. So we're pretty excited. Sounds great. Enjoy the show. Thanks very much. Hey,
7: David.
5: How are you? Hi, Jody. You? Good. How are you? Good you. See you. It's good to see you. I'm
8: talking with Jody Benson, voice of Ariel's. Welcome to World oh, of Color. Thank you.
10: We are so blessed
8: to be here. We're just honored. It's wonderful, wonderful, and it's. I love to see the turnout like this of the people that care about stuff like this. Oh, it's it been makes great. me makes me very happy. It's been great. It's been great. Yeah. So enjoy the show. I we want to will.
7: Keep you. We will. Thank so you. It's great thank to
8: you. meet you. It's great to meet you too. Looking forward to meeting your family. Yeah. You. We'll stay in touch.
1: Oh, Dolphins and whales are This is David Parfit
7: with Jake <laughs> the Batson. <bathroom. laughs>
8: nice. Well, Welcome to World of Color. Thank you. We're really excited to be here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Great. Great. Are you having a good time Oh yeah.
6: Trip? Oh, of course. We love Disneyland. Her first to Disneyland. She, right? she, oh, she's well, a, I've she's been to a Disney a World a time. World, so.
8: so what's your favorite ride at Disney World? Space, Space Mountain. Mountain. Uh, by <laughs> far. <laughs> have you ridden it here? Because it's different.
9: I know, Well, okay, hold on. Let me rephrase that. My favorite ride at Disneyland
10: is Space
8: Mountain. Oh, okay. Okay. What about Disney It's world? very
6: different. I, have, I haven't ridden it
8: here in the Magic Kingdom.
10: <laughs> oh, you haven't? No. You have
8: to go right
10: it. Okay. okay. You have to. Apparently. What's your favorite color? Blue. Blue? How about you? Hot
8: pink. But I like blue tonight. <laughs> so, Jake, are you still dancing?
9: We have not stopped dancing. Is that right? Yeah, we, we've taken it actually. Well, we've taken only one lesson, but we plan to. Yep. Are you getting cold, babe?
6: I'm freezing. Enjoy the this show. okay. <laughs> 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 warm me up.
8: Who are these people? This has been David Parfitt and Tom the Bell match. reporting from the Diz Unplugged here on the blue carpet for the World of Color premiere. All the celebrities have passed by, and now we're going to find our seats for the show. This is David Parfit checking in for the Diz Unplugged, and I am here on Paradise Pier in Disney California Apparently Adventure, talking with Disney Imagineer <laughs> Steve Davison, the creator of the brand new World of Color show. Steve, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Good morning. First of all, I should say congratulations on the wonderful
9: world premiere last night. Oh, thanks. It's been, you know, four years, a big labor of love, and it was just really great to finally have, you know, the world kind of come and see the. The show. How do you think the reaction has been? It's been great actually. We did a couple test shows last week and it's been kind of the reaction we had really hoped for, kind of this emotional connection to the show. The response has been just, you know, people coming up saying, you know, I never thought I would cry to water and, you know, I laughed and my kids loved it and it's just it's just been an overwhelming response actually. I believe it. How was it to have Richard Sherman there in the audience? His music inspiring a lot of the show? I love Richard Sherman and we got to spend some time with him before the show and he just told the most wonderful stories about when Walt asked he and his brother to actually write the song world of color and he told a great story about Kodak and how they adopted the name carousel from the song carousel of color and it was just he's he is such a warm wonderful person and to have somebody you know who's just a Disney legend you know come to the show and just be a part of it I was just you know I just I was in awe he's so passionate about it his music and i'm sure he must have been thrilled just to see it come to life like you brought it he was great because we met with him and said you know we're using the song and he's like wow and it's they just they are so warm-hearted and when you when you kind of bring things like that back uh, he said that he said something really interesting he goes walt would love your show he just said that it's it's exactly what he liked to do. You know, to just take things and move it and make something new out of something. And and it was just that I love things like that. When yeah, you hear stuff like that.
8: Praise doesn't get any higher than that. <laughs> true. True. Can you tell us a little bit about
9: the inspiration for the show? How did you come up with the idea? They wanted to create what we call kind of a, an e-ticket kind of entertainment experience. And, you know, we've done fireworks. I've been doing fireworks for us around the world. And we've been down that path. And then the Bay was really the place to do a show over here. And we decided to look at water and how could we take water technology and kind of bring it to what we call kind of that way over the top Disney kind of experience. So we Started to look at fountains and look at Disney stories uh, initially. Like which ones? Like Pocahontas was perfect. That we really started there. And you know, oh, what about like the Animal Stampede? Could we do that in water? And we just started to analyze what water could be for acting. You know, how how can water become an actor in the show? And we so we just went around the world looking at fountains and started to develop our own and, that we could use and just kind of uh, launched from there and started doing storyboards. Um, started doing music sketches. We actually developed a CGI version of the early fountains and tested things kind of in a computer world. And then we kept uh, changing it and refining it, and uh, then it became reality one day. It came out, and there was this giant platform in the middle of the lagoon, and we started to really hone in on the final show. What was your reaction the first time you actually saw it come to life? Uh, well, I was terrified, actually. When we first started programming, I just walked out going, oh my gosh, what have we gotten ourselves into? And it really, we've been out here for five months, just every night. So, you know, we actually, we took one night off. We had to take one night off, but six days a week, just literally, you have to let the fountain tell you what it does. And it's kind of a new medium for us. So we had to learn it and how water would work with it, with the projection and how to do multi-plane effects with it. So it took about four months to really understand it. And then the last month has really been kind of putting it all together in that final kind of show that you saw last night.
8: Had you worked with water before?
9: Nope. <laughs> it's it's that's what's been so fun here at the uh, you know working at Disney and like when I did fireworks I'd never done fireworks in my life. And ah. so you kind of go out and and I like it better because I approach it differently. I don't approach it as a fireworks Approach it as a fountain designer. I approach it as a medium, almost like an art palette. As an artist, yeah. yeah. And then we use that new palette to paint with. And the, the the team that worked on the show we had people from France, we had feature animation, we had Pixar, we had the studio involved. I mean, every part of the company collaborated on the show. Bob Iger was heavily involved, as was John Lasseter and Tom Staggs, and it just became kind of this big kind of, um, uh, uh, how would I say it, just company event, Mm -hmm. because everyone had kind of a piece in it, which I think was fun. And
8: it must be particularly satisfying to have your piece, your show here, it's really going to be the centerpiece of this new Disney California adventure, too. It
9: was the big launch, because we were the first thing out of the gate, which is always a lot of pressure, because with the kind of, uh, the new uh, reimagining of the park, you know, we had to kind of be the big launch and I'm glad it was a big entertainment kind of thing. And that's what's going to be fun is that we've developed the show in such a way that we're always going to change it. So, you know, if you keep coming back, you know, year after year, even month after month, you may see all new stuff that we keep plugging in and changing because it's it's that malleable of a product to do that. Oh, that's
8: great. Kind of like
9: the Toy Story Mania, how you can put different overlays on that. And I think that's important because, you know, especially for guests that come a lot, you know, you'll have your favorite scenes. And, of course, the, the ones that are hugely popular will never change. But other ones, you may be surprised.
8: Yeah, maybe a
9: holiday overlay. Holidays, we are going to do. It'll probably get its own holiday show in the future. We're looking at that probably Halloween. New Year's, of course, will be outrageous to be here for. Mm. And and that's what I love about World of Color. It's kind of its own little brand, you know, based on, you know, the, the television show. But now for us, it's going to take on all...
8: Welcome anytime. This has been David Parfit talking with Disney Imagineer and creator of the new world of color, Steven Davison. Thanks for listening. My well, theme royalties on this music. Yeah, really. Greetings, everyone. This is David Parfit, and I'm still on Paradise Pier here at the Paradise Lagoon, where the World of Colors hanging show out the like a coal girl. just last night with its world <laughs> premiere, it and I'm very fortunate to be talking with Sarah Wiseman, Disney Imagineer and producer of the show. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Sarah. Hi,
11: how are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm very relieved. Tonight we open, and it's very exciting. I'm sure. <laughs> it must have been a labor of
8: love for the past four years,
7: too.
11: Uh, it's been uh, it's been a wonderful four years, honestly. A lot of discovery, a lot of uh, problem solving, a lot of invention, but uh, an incredible team, just an incredible team. So it's been great.
8: So can you tell us a little bit about your role
11: as show producer? Um, in Imagineering, we actually do uh, everything in pairs. So in for every show or attraction, we pair up a production lead and a creative lead. So in this show, Steve Davison is the was the creative lead, and I was on the production lead. Okay. So we. We sort of approach everything as that marriage, which is actually really wonderful because you you really get, you know, they're, they're, you have to get that yin and yang in order to bring off a show or an attraction.
8: So what's your favorite part of the show? <laughs>
11: Oh, that's so hard. That's so hard. Um, I love the Pocahontas section because I think it was one of the original sections we had conceived, that Stephen actually conceived for the show, and it really stayed pretty pure to that. Um, but I also love the genie section, which I think is so fun because what we discovered, genie is actually a very late ad because we found that the water can really play. And the genie could command it. He's a perfect character sort of command the water. Yeah. Um, so and the genie's such a fluid character. Absolutely, too. absolutely. And he can turn it into anything. So um, it's, so that I love that number and it's a lot, and wonderful use of lasers and all that. So it's uh, there's I have lots of favorite moments. Yeah. Can you give us a little bit
8: about the journey of the show, how it was conceived and developed to what we see today? You
11: know, um, Stephen really was challenged. He was challenged with to create a show in this lagoon that had no bodies in it. The idea was not to have any um, performers. And to do what he does so well with fireworks. So when he started really thinking about it, um, he started to think back to his childhood when he watched, uh, you know, wonderful world of Disney on Sunday nights, and that you know he and I are both of the age. He's younger than I am, but you know when black and white TV went to color. And really, Disney was the one program was really what transitioned a lot of what was happening at the time from black and white to color. So he started thinking about the colors of Disney as a motif for the show. And that's where we sort of set on World of Color, and it really hasn't changed from day one. And so we, he takes us through the different colors of Disney, you know, he, and he uses color to really accentuate the characters. For instance, the mermaid, a lot of the segments, really blue and gorgeous, you know. Um, Pocahontas is all using the green, organic look of the forest. Um, you know, the fire section is all red. So he's really used color to sort of bring those stories to life.
8: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's your. Using the whole palette there.
11: Exactly, exactly. And, and with our LED technology for the show, we have the lighting, the colors are infinite.
8: So were there any particular challenges along the way that you could share with us?
11: Well, there was a lot of invention. Um, this has never been done before.
8: Stephen told us that he, he's never worked with water before. No, he's never worked with water before. We did
11: work with a, he and I did a show in Japan, and we had a, a very small center barge that had fountains on it. Um, but we had a huge cast and other barges and everything. And, you know, that was five years ago now, four or five years ago, he and I opened that show. And we sat, we'd go and talk to the programmers of that show, and they'd say, and we'd say, okay, we want these 12 fountains to move out and then move back in, and then do this move. And they say, okay, great, come back tomorrow night. Because the technology at the time was every single they had to painstakingly to make each of those fountains do that move synchronized. So today... We control twelve hundred fountains yeah. and we control them like they're a lighting instrument. So uh, that was one of the huge problem solves the thing is how we can can we do this show, be able to program it in a reasonable amount of time and get all the effects. So we treat the fountains like a lighting instrument. We also treat them like they're a video image. So all the fountains can be can be we can look at it almost like a like a video image. So this is high, this is low, we can so it 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 reacts to that. So that's
8: one of the big interventions of the show. It's great. Well, it's a wonderful show that you've created. Thank you so much, yeah. David. Thank you. So what was your reaction to the premiere and some of the well, reactions? I I
11: well, I think I, it was great. It was totally great. So you have a highlight of the evening as far as who you met? Uh... Well, it was wonderful. To, you know, always uh, Bob Iger has just been such a supporter of the show and so involved and just been a great collaborator. And, you know, he had a lovely toast afterwards for the, for the group, and it was just amazing so much to the team so um, that was probably the highlight for me Um, but it was just fabulous to have it go so well and and have hear the audience response
8: well congratulations and thanks for taking the time to talk with us
11: thank you so much
8: this has been david parfit talking with sarah wiseman show producer for disney's world of color thanks for listening made you look
0: Is he still on the pier? (laughs) Talk to me.
8: Greetings, everyone. This is David Parfit from the Diz Unplugged. I'm still here on Paradise Pier at the base of the World of Color. And right now I'm talking with Liz Gazzano from Pixar Animation. Thanks for joining us, Liz. Sure. Glad
10: to be here with you. Can you talk a little bit about your role with the show? Sure, yes. I'm the executive producer of the theme park department at Pixar. We have a theme park department. And uh, we worked with the Imagineers on this wonderful show, World of Color. Uh, we did about six and a half, seven minutes of animation for this show, Pixar animation. So there is about five different films represented, most of our older films and, and some new ones. Up is in here as well. We don't. And wall And wall Yep. And um, we've even got Heimlich from Bugs Life That's in there, right. which was he was a particular challenge to bring back from the archives and get him animating again. But so yeah, we bring back old scenes, old characters, and we sort of reanimate them and bring them bring them back to life. Especially for this show, for the use in this show, so it's original animation with uh, classic characters, classic it, Pixar characters.
8: It's great, and I think the Pixar fit was was so wonderful. And you have the Toy Story Midway Mania right behind it.
10: Yep. Yeah, we got we you know it's it's all about Toy Story this year, you know, and you um, know and it, it's it's really fun. And, and the team from Imagineering was wonderful to work with too. And it's nice to be with all the Disney characters, like we're one big family now. So it's really fun. So how was it animating
8: in this time? For for a screen that goes on water, do you have to change things?
10: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we did. We actually had to make things a lot more saturated in color so that they showed up on the water screen. We tried them, sort of our our regular renders, our regular saturation, and they looked a little bit more faded and they kind of melted into the water a little bit. But So we we pumped up the color that would look way too bright on a regular screen, but works really well on the water. That's one thing we did, yeah. And sized them differently, of course. They're huge.
8: (laughs) So any particular challenges you had when uh, the show was being developed?
10: Yeah, I think probably, probably our biggest challenge was um, placement on the water and like how how low they could go on the water screen frame to show up really well because the higher they got the the more like stretched out the characters get so it's like placement on the screen you know saturating the color um, you know rendering them uh, at a slightly different speed than they are in the film just so everything plays really nicely on the water and then of course the, the biggest challenge of all was bringing back some of the characters that hadn't been seen in. A a long time like heimlich and
8: why why was that a particular challenge
10: well our you know the bugs life was made you know uh, what year a while ago and basically our you know technology's come a long way from the last in the last 15 years and so you know things that were built on systems back in the early 90s don't necessarily work so well now that we're in 2010 so we have to you know kind of readjust everything exactly yeah
8: what was the reaction of Pixar Animation when this project was presented to you?
10: Oh, we were so excited. I mean, uh, John Lasseter, who's our you know chief creative officer for both Imagineering and Pixar, was like, he, he was already in love with this show before it even, you know, when it just was a pitch. And we were so excited to put some animation into this. I mean, you know, to be part of it. Really excited. I mean, you know, we'd love to see our characters brought to life in the park and live on in the park.
8: And it's really a centerpiece of the park now, too.
10: Oh yeah, yeah, it is. And it's it's such a magical magical show. I mean, I you know, I've seen it a lot at this point and I still get lost in it.
8: Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it not worrying about taking pictures, just sitting back yeah. absorbing everything.
10: I mean, and that it is it's almost I heard somebody last night describe it as a dream, like being inside of a dream, which sounds kind of weird until you see the show and you look at it and you're like, gosh, this really is like that. It's just, you kind of just float away into it and it kind of takes you in all different places. It's very, very magical. It's really beautiful. And you get, you caught up in the story and, and the, uh, the director, Steve Davidson of the show, uh, creator of this show just did a beautiful job of, of collaborating the water with the images and light and Flames and lasers. I mean, it's just—it's—it's it's beautiful. He's done an amazing job. Well, I think that's a, a great way to
8: describe it as a dream. It's—it's it's just gorgeous. Liz, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you so much too. This has been David Parfit talking with Liz Gazzano from Pixar Animation, who is a producer for the World of Color show. Thanks for joining us.
10: Thank you so much, David. My name is Doug. I just met you,
7: and I love you, Squirrel.
0: I uh, wish to report that Dave is still on the pier <laughs> looking for interviews.
3: Talk to me. Here's a cast member, Dan. <laughs> this has hot dogs.
0: That was great. Was that, that was fun? great. You got some great stuff. Some great stuff, some As great insights. It's yep.
3: fantastic.
0: It's um, the first time I've listened to it all the way through so that's great
3: and he's met people who are like they old friends now Richard Sherman hi yeah, we we Dave hey Dave I know
0: how funny is that
3: have you heard have you seen Iron Man 2 yet no have you heard the song I haven't probably? seen
0: Iron Man 1 yet oh
3: I'll see it did you see the movie Mm-hmm. there's is a Richard good? Sherman song in it oh really he wrote a song for the movie it's very funny there's a whole scene that's a
2: takeoff on Walt Disney setting up for the uh, World's Fair, and there's a Richard Sherman or, or a Sherman Brothers song that sounds very much like a great big beautiful tomorrow.
3: Well,
6: very well done. To go see it.
3: It's funny how he's become sort of relevant again, back yeah. in the you know between this and that. Cool. He was always relevant. Well,
0: yeah, I was just gonna say I think he was always relevant. So, he's, to, you know, he's a, a legend. He's
3: been introduced to new people, yeah. to younger kids. I mean, you know. he's not Lady Gaga.
0: No, I hope not. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to be out there in July and see the show. I cannot wait. What?
2: Nothing. I was going to say something, but go ahead. I will, I'm going to have to reserve judgment till I see it. It reminds me of the fountains at the Bellagio. Oh,
4: no way. Have you ever seen the Bellagio? I have. And I have seen the fountains.
6: Lots of people are saying that it's a cross between the Bellagio and like Fantasmic.
2: Uh, Liberace did this in the 70s at Radio City Music Hall with the dancing waters and the pictures on them and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah,
0: but Liberace doesn't have Imagineering. You know, this is Disney Imagineering. Look, I'm um, I'm excited to see it. You know, I may hate it, but.
6: But it also seems to be you need to be in the right place to see it.
0: I'm hearing that, yeah, for this particular show, it's not like anywhere you sa- stand you're going to get a good view.
2: Yeah. Not only that, but isn't the show kind of long? I, I understand the show's a little bit long. And there isn't a lot of places to sit. I don't know if this that is going to close, does it matter? It does. If you have to get there like phantasmic an hour in advance to see the show, and you've got kids who are going to stand up for another show, and then you're going to have kids up on everybody's shoulders, there's going to be a lot of disgruntled people. I've been standing here for an hour and a half, and you put your kids up on my shoulders, and now I can't see any of it. I think yeah. we should.
0: I think we should. So we'll do. see. I think I this think is exactly it what out. California Adventure needed, though. Oh yeah. Oh no, it absolutely. They had to do something. And this
3: is going to help. Alleviate some of Fantasmic's issues, and then gives you know, have two things to do with it. It
0: it it just it it drives home for me the point that, uh, a Imagineering is what sets Disney apart, really and truly. Um, these guys, I think they should triple whatever amount of money Imagineering gets. I agree, uh, and. Pay them more and let these guys just let these guys do their thing. Mm -hmm. They rarely fail. Mm -hmm. They rarely fail. So that's why, you know, going, I'm trying not to have any preconceived notions going into World of Color. I intentionally haven't watched any of the video because I I want it, when I see it in person, I want it to be the first time I see it and be able to.
2: I also thought they were going to cover it. I thought that the fountains were going to be covered. They were going to be underwater.
1: Oh, I thought so too. They're not, they're just sticking out.
2: No, that lake is kind of, most of it's gone. It's just like a big field now with the fountains in it.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah, so. But uh, great job, as always, Dave. Thank you very much for that. We're going to move on and let Kevin Close tell us about what he has indicated to me, the worst dining experience on Disney property ever. Oh, no. Shutter's Restaurant at the Caribbean Beach Resort.
2: I, um... You had reviewed Caribbean Beach, and at the time you reviewed it, asked us to go to Shutters, And it was one of those things that the the fates just didn't allow it at the time. So we finally went back and we did it. And we never made an ADR. We just kind of decided, let's go see if we can do this. Uh, I had also looked at their menu online and realized that, in my opinion, the restaurant, the menu is pretty limited. So it was just John and I who went to try this. And we walked in, and when you walk into the Old Port Royal at Caribbean Beach, as you walk towards the back, you find the food court. At the end of the food court is shutters, and there is a podium, and there were three older women standing there. And uh, I walked up and I said, Is it possible to get a table this evening? And she said, Yes, but it's going to be a 15- to 20-minute wait. And I thought we're the only people here. Really? It's really going to be... Now, also from where you're standing, you can see, while you can't see all corners of all the... There's a couple of dining rooms. You can see a good portion of it. And I thought, well, from where I'm standing, I can see 10 or 12 tables. And I understand that there are staffing issues. And, okay, so I'll just... We'll just wait the 10 or 20 minutes. So they gave us a beeper. So... To use the restroom, you have to walk past all of the dining rooms. And I realized that there were about seven tables full. And I could see six or seven servers. And I thought, okay, they're in the weeds. I understand there's seven tables for seven waiters. (laughs) (laughs) So I went back and I said, can you just explain to me why we're waiting 15 to 20 minutes? She said, well we have to wait for a ticket to come out of the box. And I thought, okay. So I stood there a couple of minutes and Flora Fauna and Meriwether just kind of puttered around (laughs) and stared at each other. And I said, okay, can I help the ticket come along a little faster? And she said, do you see this box? I said, yeah. She said, I have to wait for a slip of paper to pop out of it before I can see you. So I thought... I, no one's ever said that to me before. Okay. So we waited and we waited and we waited. And about 10 minutes later, this little machine that spits out register receipts went like, and spit out a receipt. She goes, Okay, now I can seat you. And I thought,
0: Okay, wow.
2: This is, this is working well. So we went in and we passed six or seven tables that hadn't been bussed. So I thought, okay, they're really having staffing issues. So we went in and we were seated, and we waited 18 minutes. I timed it.
0: Now, 18 minutes
2: before anyone approached the table. You've got Shut to be up. kidding! Oh, 18 minutes, and we just sort of sat there.
0: So and you're now a good solid half hour after you arrived, and you still haven't. Forty minutes. In Forty minutes. An empty Forty
2: minutes. Restaurant. Now, everybody that's bussing the tables. And they are sort of taking dirty dishes away from diners, are setting them on the table next to us. Oh, God. They're not even. Are going. you kidding? No. No. Now, all of a sudden, our server approaches 18 minutes later
3: and says, I can't believe she double sat me. Not, hi, how are you? Not, welcome to my restaurant. Oh, I'll no. be happy to serve you. Can you believe that they sat me here? I'm, I'm- I can't believe they double
2: sat me. I am so behind. <laughs> I'll be back and walked away.
0: You, you have got to be kidding!
2: I'm not making this up. It was one of those experiences where it just got funnier and funnier. It was like, what else could happen? I took notes on my iPhone. John says, start timing this. Because the fact that they were bringing their dirty dishes and setting them... I mean, people's half-eaten food on the table next to us. So we just sat there. Oh, my God. And he comes over, and he takes a cloth out of his pocket and starts to mop his forehead at the table.
0: No, he doesn't. Uh, Oh, swear
2: up. to God! So we said he says
4: this like right. Waffle House stuff.
2: He says, "Okay, what are you going to have?"
3: <gasps> oh, jeez! I, I will say this though, it wasn't rude. It what wasn't have. It was kind of was like he was exasperated. He was exasperated. He was overworked, quote unquote.
2: I can't believe that a decent server at Disney couldn't have handled all six or seven tables. Right. But then- I
0: used to routinely handle mm-hmm. six, seven, eight tables in a station on my own.
2: Well, it, it gets worse. So he says he read us the menu. Now, I don't know about you. If you want to say to me, listen, we're having a special. Listen, if you're looking at this, I really think this is our best appetizer. If you're going to read the exact menu to me and tell me everything's good, I don't need you to do that. I can read. Assume I can read. So we're sitting there, and we ordered um, We ordered the chorizo black bean soup. We ordered the lettuce wrap sampler platter. And we ordered the shrimp fritters. Now, the shrimp fritters were served with a trio of dipping sauces. The chorizo black bean soup came with lime cream. And this was the one that killed me, the lettuce wrap sampler platter. Now, I actually brought you pictures. They're on a uh, flash drive. If you would like to sort of follow the bouncing Kevin. Hmm. The lettuce wrap sampler platter... The very name says to you you're going to get a platter of more mm-hmm. than one thing. This came out with um, mojo pork, uh, chipotle slaw, and cilantro sour cream with plantains. It was a little pile of pulled pork, a couple of pieces of iceberg lettuce, and some sauce. And I thought, this is the sampler platter? And you had to put it together. You put it together. It was. Oh, awesome.
0: no. <laughs> oh, it? no. Do you have it on your iPad?
2: I don't. No. I didn't bring the. I didn't download it You guys can come around and take a look at it. It's.
0: Yeah, I need everybody to get up and take a look at this.
2: <laughs> I will say the chorizo black bean soup was black bean soup.
0: had mm-hmm. a uh, good flavor. It was
2: a good flavor.
0: And so this was, was the sampler. No, it was the no. sampler. So you have some potato chips,
3: plantain chips up in the corner.
0: Okay. And what is, what is this stuff that looks like? I think uh, it's
3: cat. I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> some rodent. that it has been
0: chopped up a little bit. It was
2: pulled
3: pork.
0: That is a, that's gray. It's gray.
2: It's $11.99. It's literally gray. Ew.
0: And what's the dip again?
2: Um, Cilantro sour cream. So basically sour cream. It
1: looks okay. Like with pork
2: on it. Uh, The shrimp fritters came in this little wrought iron spiral cone with a wax paper stuffed in it, and there were six fritters in there, and it came with three different sauces. And Mumbles, our waiter, came out and said to us, we have this, this, and we, have this.
3: <laughs>
2: and we both just looked at him and went, okay. And he walked away, and John said, I've pulled apart one of these fritters. I have found dough and corn.
3: I dare you it's to find a shrimp. Basically,
2: <laughs> We pulled apart six of them. They were basically corn donuts. Now, if you're going to tell me they're corn donuts.
4: Corn I dare donuts. you to find a shrimp. I dare to
3: find a
2: shrimp. I, I'm okay did, with it. Was there a taste of shrimp in it? No. no. It was a Dunkin' Donut with corn in it. <laughs> now, they did bring out rolls, and the rolls were okay. And he came out and he said, this is regular butter. This is cilantro lime tropical fiesta butter or something like that. That was good. But John Traces the other one he goes, mm, that's not butter. I know the taste of butter. That has got a chemical taste to it. That's margarine. It wasn't even the color of butter. Right? It was <laughs> kind of like an off yellow. Yeah. Again, the chorizo black bean soup for five forty nine was not bad. I would recommend that you go. Any place else on Earth?
3: Wait till we get to that picture, Pete's Found the picture where I'm going to talk about. Oh okay, my wait.
2: God.
3: Don't go ahead of us. Don't. Okay,
2: okay. No, okay. Don't don't jump ahead. Sit down,
0: everybody. Sit down.
2: So we sit there. Now we waited. Now when he came, we ordered our entree and our appetizers all at the same time, because he was so backed up. Now we waited, and waited, and waited, and waited. <laughs> So finally, I just started putting the dirty dishes on the other table. (laughs) I'm going to cut out a step. That's where they go, apparently. This is where they're stored. I'll just move them for you. So John had ordered um, the Caribbean pork ribs with a mild chipotle vanilla glaze, and I ordered something called the Land and Sea, which is a grilled skirt steak with chimichurri sauce and shrimp in cilantro lime butter. He made a great deal of fuss over, how do you want your steak prepared? I said, medium.
0: Wait, okay, now yeah, this is the steak you're talking about?
2: The thing that looks like an autopsy? Yes. No, no, wait, wait,
3: wait, wait. That's the...
0: Yeah, because... That's w- the ribs. That's That's got shrimp. Yeah, that's okay. Steak. That's the steak.
2: It's hard to
3: discern between these, let me tell you.
2: The ribs had a vague taste of Yankee candle.
3: Yes, it was like... <laughs> Barbecue and Yankee Candle. <laughs> it was like if you were eating ribs in a Yankee Candle. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst flavor combination yeah. I've ever had in my life.
7: <laughs>
2: now,
3: John says,
2: he says, what would you like to go with that? We have rice. We have mashed uh, sweet potatoes. We ha- and the other choice is steamed vegetables. John said, what are your steamed vegetables? It was yellow squash and zucchini. I do not know how they made steamed vegetables tougher than they were raw. (laughs) I think they were cut from Uniroyal tires. You couldn't... John says, bite through this. Just bite through any piece of it. So you tried to bite a piece of the zucchini, and it was literally like eating inner tube. And I thought, how did you do this to a zucchini?
6: Yeah, that's pretty hard to do. So
2: they came out with... I forget what, what did you have, and then it was the we, we tried the um, sweet potatoes. Oh, and John said I am supposed to have mashed sweet potatoes with us. They brought us out a platter of ma- uh, at least six or seven sweet potatoes, enough sweet potatoes for six or seven people, is what I meant. These were delicious. However, what can you do to a sweet potato?
4: Yeah, you can. Do I would them. have
2: said the same thing about a zucchini. They were mashed sweet potatoes with butter, and I thought, oh, they're good. John and I, John and I actually ate mashed sweet potatoes for dinner. <laughs> Most of our dinner went back. So wait. So John says to me, Try these ribs. And I said, It smells like you're eating perfume. He says, I think they've been dipped in vanilla sugar. Now, that's not a taste you want on a pork rib. No. They were they were and it was all fat and grizzled. They were disgusting. So now John's got to place a, a plate of Yankee candle. Ribs and vegetables made from inner tubes and we're, we're sitting there with this giant plate of mashed sweet potatoes and this is what we're raving about. Um, they brought me port out,
0: in a storm you know
2: They brought me out my land sea and it was a grilled skirt steak. When I tell you it was the thickness of
0: I'm looking at it. This is what this is just a paper.
2: Yep, that's it. Your iPhone is about six times thicker than my skirt (laughs) steak, and I do not know how they got a skirt steak that raw. Extra medium. It was more well done before they cooked
0: it. And and now, when he says this looks, he cut into it and took a picture.
2: It looks like a spleen.
0: It looks (laughs) like someone's someone's spleen. A spleen that has a bite taken out of it. It's
2: very CSI,
3: isn't it? I'm I'm pretty tolerant of the temperature of my meat. I can go up or down in temperature. I could not eat this. It was
0: absolutely. People, amazing. when you see this picture.
2: So, wait, and then I thought, well, where are the shrimp? You had to lift up the autopsy. <laughs> and the shrimp were underneath it, and they had been boiled until, you know, remember those pink erasers when you were a kid mm-hmm. in school? And they had that, that, they were like really rough pink erasers. That's what they were. And it looked like a bum had sneezed on them.
7: <laughs>
2: <laughs> there was this green glop, dish spread Chipotle across the street.
7: Lime oh, so butter.
2: Nice. I picked one up and I put it in my mouth. I'm a big boy and I like to eat. And I'm often accused of being a food snob. Trust me. Most of the time I eat dinner on my belly watching TV. I eat in my car. I'm willing to eat most things. This was the most revolting thing I've ever eaten. I took one bite of it and pulled a whole shrimp out of my mouth and laid it on the plate. And John looks at me and he goes, do you realize they're laying in a puddle of slime?
0: (laughs) And you can see it. You can see it around the it looks like it, it looks like, like a British petroleum prepared for dinner.
2: <laughs> like they, they they it's like they, what they oil scooped up off the sh- right. off the beach. There's
0: an oil spill Sorry. on a plate.
2: Trust me, that joke was made.
3: <laughs> throw throw vanilla ribs on the spill. Maybe that'll stop it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that plate looks like, doesn't
7: it? So I thought
2: <laughs> have you got blind people cooking? Does does anybody eat this crap? (laughs) Now, what was very funny was the woman sitting at the table next to us was ranting and raving about the fact that she had to eat in dumps like this because no one told her she had to make an ADR. She's heard about great restaurants at Disney, and every one of them told her no. So she called guest services, and they got her a reservation here. And the reason they got her a reservation here is because nobody wants to eat here. (laughs) She was loud. She was loud. She was a real housewife of someplace.
3: (laughs) Somewhere USA.
2: She was screeching. So this couple sat down next to us, and I said to her, they actually finally cleaned off the table with all the dirty dishes on it, and they sat somebody there. So while we're sitting there, they got their food much quicker than we did, I have to say. He must have gotten out of the weeds at some point. And I said to them, "What do you think of your food?" And he just kind of looked at me and he says, "I guess it's okay." I said, "Okay or really, really bad?" He goes, "It's really bad." This was none of it was edible. I mean, I've had bad food, bad service. I've told you about, you know, bad stuff. This was inedible. This was they took food and they made it worse.
0: Oh my lord.
2: I, I
3: so now we're ready to order dessert, and I say to the guy, "Can I see the dessert menu?" And he goes, "Let me just tell you what we have." No, wait. He, said, he actually <laughs> says, "It's not worth
2: getting a menu. We <laughs> got tres we got salsa, so we got no sugar, high." And I said, "You know what?" Oh, John says to him, "I." After, sw-
3: after the dessert, we couldn't. We decided not the, to dessert get the
2: dessert choices are um, no sugar added cheesecake, seasonal fruit plate, key lime tart, and tre leche.
3: That's the four choices. Well, then there's the. Special
2: Oh, and a sweet ending to your celebration chocolate cake.
3: But it was kind of like, I'm not bringing you a menu. You're not going to like any of it. And this is
2: is how you talk about it. Very, very strange. (laughs) And
3: you thought, never mind. John
2: says, I saw you bring that lady a milkshake. Are they good? The best you're ever going to (laughs) have. So John gets a milkshake. It came in a (laughs) five-ounce cup. No. It was a Dixie cup. And John takes a sip of it. He goes, "I think it's ice milk, and I don't think they used real chocolate syrup."
7: Oh no! He took
2: one sip of it and left it on the table. And we said, "Can we just have our check? What
3: was the, how much was dinner with? It was something like eighty-six dollars <gasps> after
2: oh, oh, my my tables God. in Wonderland." I yeah. would tell you to go to one of the Disney restaurants
3: and go through the dumpster.
7: <laughs>
2: Before you eat in shutters, we were
3: actually envious of the food court. As we left, <laughs> we thought this food in the food
0: court looks really good right now. And the food was—I yeah. so yeah, really, really say was, that—the food in the food court was, was excellent. It Smelled good. It looked. We good We tried to get in the shutters, but it was uh, the night we went was a really busy night, and it was full. There was
3: nine tables. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been roadkill. Is better than what we were served.
5: Have you ever eaten there, Kathy? No. No. It was
3: always really the
5: worst dining I would recommend you
2: anywhere else. I would recommend you go to Coral Reef
11: <laughs> wow. before
2: you go to Shutters. Oh my god! I would recommend you go to Captain's Grill and put up with bad management before you go to Shutters. Oh my! It was dreadful and awful. The service was awful. Flora, fauna, and Merriweather were clueless at the front counter. It was just the worst thing I've ever seen on Disney I property. The,
0: the corn donut and the Yankee Candle ribs.
2: <laughs> and, uh, and the autopsy skirt I gave people a, 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 a taste. I said, I have, coming up, the worst review ever. And I did this two weeks ago. So this has been going back and forth. I know. I've
0: been wanting to hear it, too, because you know he, he tried to tell me. He tried to tell me about it, and, and I wouldn't let him, because I'd like to hear it on the show with everybody else. And But he just said, it's the worst dining experience I have ever had on Disney property.
2: I've been yelled at. I've had a hand in my face. I've had bad food at Disney. I've never had anything like this in my life.
5: And you had never eaten there before?
2: Though. No. Never uh, no. Before. Yes, actually, you and I ate there once, a long time ago, I think. Or we went there and couldn't get in. I, I think don't we remember. went there and couldn't get in, yeah. It was, it was awful.
6: I don't feel so bad now not having ever eaten there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Stand out in the parking lot and set your $90 on
3: fire. (laughs) You're
2: going to have a better experience. experience. You'll at least have
3: fun watching it burn.
7: Oh, that is too much.
3: I mean, I'm really not picky. I am really not a picky eater. And if stuff is not great, I might still eat it. Right. it's in front of me. John took a a piece of steak out of his mouth and went, this is disgusting. I mean, literally, Mm. full plates of food. And never did he say... Is everything okay? Why are you sending all your food back? It Why is nothing eaten? Why is wow. the only thing you ate but sweet
0: that, potatoes? Did you tell him this food's no good, take it back? No. Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope.
3: We, when we do these, we really try to do it in a bubble. Yeah. And not try to change it and not try to fix it. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. But we just decided to let this one play out. It
2: also was so bad that I wouldn't have known where to start. You would have had to start from the, the first experience meeting, you know, the witches of Eastwick out front. It was just, there was just no redeeming features about it. And
3: we're the only people waiting there, and they have to give you the beeper.
5: Yeah. <laughs> like,
3: someone might try to get in front of me. <laughs>
5: What was the box thing? Where did the ticket come from? It's it's a register
2: receipt, and apparently she types something into a computer. And I must tell the kitchen that there's somebody waiting for a table two. And every once in a while, one of the witches would pick it up and go... (laughs) <laughs> so and I thought, I don't know what's going to come out of the box.
3: And I think someone from the kitchen then says, okay, now we're ready for a table of two or four, however many you We're are. ready to discuss the next customers. <laughs>
7: ready to disappoint really?
0: So now disappointing, customer number 47.
2: <laughs> the bathrooms were clean and the seat was comfortable. Mm-hmm. And the chorizo soup and sweet potatoes were Okay. If that's what you're hungry for, this is a destination (laughs) restaurant. Oh, jeez. If you want anything... Can I have the menu back... This is also not a wide variety for people. No, they don't. There's land and sea, which I've described, and the um, Yankee Candle pork ribs. There's an Aruba-style roasted chicken with marinated mango ginger vinaigrette and a touch of garlic, a char-crusted New York strip steak, which makes me shudder to even think about it, jerk-crusted tuna, and Caribbean pasta with shrimp. Now, if it's anything like the shrimp I had, they're inedible. Well, they were out of that, right? Because you were going to order that. That's right. They were out of that Eighty-six. the Caribbean pasta. So we're talking about a grand total of six entrees. This is not a wide variety.
7: No,
0: no.
5: I mean, it reads well, though. I mean, you look at it and you think, oh, no. that does sound good. It wasn't. Mm. <laughs>
0: a lot of things look good on paper.
4: Corey <laughs> said
2: this really is, is Waffle House. The it, Waffle House is... I love Waffle House. No, I love House.
4: Waffle House. I'm talking about how the service... It's off. a they Michelin... Just laid back. Just-
2: waffle House would get a Michelin star. <laughs> <laughs> bad. With a capital
0: B. Wow. A uh, That's the worst restaurant review we've had from you in a long time. Awful. That's right up there, but the, I'm sorry, the uh, the corn donut and the Yankee Candle Ribs. It's up there with the sad little crab cake. Uh, we've got pictures to back it up, so we'll be putting uh, me, those up. John
2: kept saying to me, please tell me you brought your camera. <laughs> <laughs> I brought my camera. And I wasn't joking when I told you. I actually took notes on my iPhone about how bad it was so I could tell you about it. It was just, and I did have my camera with me, and he kept saying, take pictures of this.
0: So. Unreal. Unreal. Well, that is Kevin's uh, review of shutters at the Caribbean Beach Resort, and that will do it for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Thanks for tuning in this week, everybody. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes.